0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Marquee Mixtape. This is the podcast about repertory cinema in New York City. And I'm your host, Alec Rodriguez. This week, we're talking to Dee Dee Loveless. She's a skater and a DJ working in television. You might recognize her in the 2018 film Skate Kitchen or its sequel TV series Betty on Max, the one to watch for HBO. She's also recently made a skate comedy video with Volcom called Camp Ramp. Way back in September, I got to finally experience some Subway Cinema events. First, I went to their Sundays on Fire secret cinema screening at Nighthawk Cinema Prospect Park. I believe they always show a film on 35mm at Sundays on Fire. But um, I couldn't really remember the last time I'd done a secret cinema screening like that. And secret cinema is basically when you pay for a ticket and just show up. You have no idea what you're walking into other than what the that the series is about. So for example, Sundays on Fire, uh, they're a Hong Kong focused repertory film series and they're secret cinema. So all you know is that it's, it's going to be a Hong Kong film um, and it's very likely going to be on 35 millimeter too. So it turns out I was exposed to a beautifully scratchy original release print from 1990. So that was like 33 years ago of John Woo's Bullet in the Head. This is a movie that I'd never seen before, uh, and it's currently unavailable to rent or buy digitally or physically on disc. So, this is something that we've brought up on the show before when it comes to distribution and accessibility. If a movie doesn't have a platform on physical media or on a digital streamer, in this case, it almost doesn't exist unless you're going to pirate it somewhere. Um, So, if I wasn't going to pirate Bullet in the Head anytime soon, and it's very likely that's a really poor transfer, a really not even really uh, HD restored. Then you have to be as lucky as I was to catch it in a secret cinema film series like Sundays on Fire. And this is basically John Woo's Deer Hunter. So it stars a very youthful Tony Leung and Jackie Chung. And it's about this group of young best friends who are trying to escape uh, the gang life in Hong Kong by escaping to Saigon during the Vietnam War. Sadly, they kind of end up uh, becoming smugglers in the war. And the movie is really like kind of a a harrowing uh, coming of age story uh, and very tragic. And like I said, just um, a a lot of Deer Hunter vibes. So if you've seen Deer Hunter with Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken, then um, you'll know it doesn't really have the the happiest of endings. But um, it's a great film nonetheless. So um, if you ever get a chance to see John Woo's bullet in the head, then i then i definitely recommend checking it out and um and it's such a coincidence that i'm talking about john wu because uh right now in december he has a john wu has a, a new movie out right now called Silent Night and i don't think he's made a movie in like a decade or longer so it's uh it's really exciting to see him kind of come out of semi retirement uh to make an action film and um and i hope we get to see more movies from him So I had an amazing time experiencing Sundays on Fire at Nighthawk back in September. And um, they're on a hiatus right now. But in Subway Cinema's recent newsletter, they did announce that they're going to be back in 2024. And I'm pretty sure they'll be back at Nighthawk again. So keep that on your radar if you're into some secret cinema. Shortly after that in September, uh, Subway Cinema was also busy at the Film at Lincoln Center, where they co-presented the repertory film series, Korean cinema's golden decade, the 1960s. And I'm going to read a a little snippet from the Film at Lincoln Center's website. Long before Bong Joon-ho, Hong Sang-soo, and Park Chan-wook catapulted South Korean cinema onto the world stage, the foundation of their country's film industry formed in the aftermath of the Korean War. The period kickstarted a wealth of eclectic and innovative filmmaking that culminated in the 1960s. Closer inspection of this decade, now widely considered, Korea's premier film renaissance, reveals the arrival of seminal works from auteurs such as Kim Ki-young, Shin Sang-ok, Kim Soo-young, and Lee Man-hee, alongside a meteoric rise and reinvention of genres from melodramas and period epics to action, horror, war, and giant monster movies. So yeah, it was a really exciting film series that came through in September at the Film at Lincoln Center. And then one day, as I'm scrolling through Instagram, I saw from uh, I saw a post from the film at Lincoln Center where they had uh, some really nice photographs of DJs that were set up inside a projection booth. And all I saw was live DJ score for the Korean cinemas Golden Decade series. And I panicked, you know, I thought like, oh, my God, like I wasn't paying attention. You know, like I, this might have been like a one night event. And I totally missed it because, you know, I'd never seen anything like that before. But then I was quickly relieved to see that they were going to have one more screening with this DJ duo. So I got tickets for me and my wife and we pulled up at the film at Lincoln Center and we saw Goran Toplovic there. He's one of the co-founders of Subway Cinema and the New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, he was also an organizer on this film series and he was super nice. I had a great time meeting him in the audience and I do hope we can have him on the show one day. So Dee Dee Loveless and Larry Love are the DJ duo who performed the live DJ score that night for a movie from 1966 called Special Agent X7. And you know, I'm always seeking out unique experiences like this at the movies. So it felt truly one of a kind. It was a total blast. I loved it. And as I'm watching the movie with this live DJ set, I was visualizing in real time you know, what the process must have been like to watch this movie that didn't have completed English subtitles and just create a soundtrack for it comprised of the instrumental beats from dozens of different hip-hop songs throughout the decades. It was really neat. Larry and Didi were generous enough to meet the audience in the lobby after the movie, and that's where we all got to kind of connect. So I'm really excited to share my conversation with Didi with all of you. But first, I'll do some real quick programming reminders. Remember to check out this podcast's companion blog on Substack, The link is in the show notes. We drop new episodes of the podcast every Friday, and you can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Substack. Remember to follow the pod on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Marquee Mixtape. And we're also on Letterboxd, where you can find a new list for each episode containing every movie mentioned in the guest interviews. Original podcast artwork is created by my very good friend, Christina Montes. She's at Studio Montes on Instagram. And the original podcast music is created by another one of my great friends, Jeremy Bullen. All right, now enjoy this interview with DD Loveless. Uh, okay, so I'd like to welcome to the show DD Loveless. She is a skater and a DJ working in television. She's also the founder of Move With Love. It's a skate series creating dedicated safe spaces for women to spread good vibes and skating and creativity. So DD, welcome to the show Marquee Mixtape.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs> really to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like uh, you really got on my radar when I when I uh, when I saw on the Film at Lincoln Center uh, Instagram that uh, I knew that they had this really you know uh, exciting new series ca- coming up uh, this past September on uh, Korean cinema in the nineteen sixties, and I was like, yeah, you know, I am probably gonna check it out one of these days. Hmm. Uh, And then I see this post that, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're doing a live score event too. And I was like, well, I'm always interested in live score. You know, like I always think it's really cool when when there's musicians out there that want to kind of turn a a movie outing into kind of like an experimental experience. Uh, But they said, but here's the thing: is that uh, this live score is going to be done by a couple of DJs, and they're going to be doing the DJ set live in the projection booth during the movie. And I was like whoa i was like i I gotta move everything out of my schedule to make this event i was like because i've never heard of anything like that
1: yeah i know
0: (laughs) so yeah so my first question for you is uh how how did this even come up was this something that you know had been on your bucket list you're like hey one of these days i'm gonna live score a movie and it's gonna be my dj set (laughs) oh
1: my gosh no i didn't i didn't have this as like a wish list like Detailed. I wasn't, no. um, I just want to always DJ. I always want to give a great experience and, you know, just be in creative spaces because I'm just a very creative person. And every time I'm in a new creative space, I learn something new. So I learned that I can do a live DJ for. And um, it came about because I have a partner um, named Larry Love. I have a partner named Larry Love, and he has mentored me. With in music and DJing, he is a scholar and just a music connoisseur, aficionado, if you would say, I guess. And he has a friend, a close friend, uh, Fab, Fab Five Freddy, who um, is, you know, very much in the arts, film, hip hop, and It came through FAB, through um, GORON, like they're in in touch. Mm -hmm. So Larry uh, was suggested. And because Larry and I worked together, he wanted to bring me in as well. So that's how that came about. I actually (laughs) went to school across the street. I went to LaGuardia. So I graduated at Lincoln Center. So when Larry told me, you know, we had the opportunity to do this, I said, absolutely. I love the film. I love the arts, music. This sounds like a really fun experience. So I was all for it.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I, I noticed, uh, on your Instagram post, you, you had said Lincoln centers had been a recurring theme in your life. You know, you hung outside during high school, you attended ballet shows, you know, you sat courtside at a Nike basketball tournament. It's a place for some of the most unconventional experiences. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I co-signed that, you know, because the, I love Lincoln Center and I especially love the, the film at Lincoln Center. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. one of it's one of my favorite, you know, places to go see a movie. In. And and it's not just a place to see, you know, have a regular movie experience. But it's 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 a place where people can experiment and uh, and really uh, shock you and surprise you with, with something different.
1: Right. And,
0: uh, and that's what we got, you know, with uh, with with your screening uh, that night.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love it.
0: <laughs> um so yeah so then um I think I remember in, in the intro that Goran gave Goran from Subway Cinema uh that night before the screening he said that uh you and Larry had about eight days to kind of like work on this um can you talk a little bit about what the you know what the process was like you know obviously it, we know how the assignment came up but like what was the approach? What was the process? Um, and when did you both decide, like, this is going to be not just a live score, but this is going to be like a DJ set. And these are, you know, this is the angle we're going to go at.
1: Okay. Yes, we, we didn't have too much time. Uh, when he told me, you know, how long we had, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know. I was like, we we might have to circle back on this. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I want to do a good job. I want to make sure, you know. We deliver because I I cannot live with myself if I go and I do something and I'm not prepared. I mean, no, not saying that we're all going to be prepared for every
0: right, right.
1: opportunity completely. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just wanted to do good. So, you know, Larry's just like, yo, just chill out, man. Like, we, <laughs> we do this. Like, you know, like we make playlists and we sit and we listen to music all the time. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. So when we got the, the screening of the movie, it was completely silent and mm. there were no subtitles. So there were no English yeah. subtitles. I didn't have English subtitles. We had, <laughs> we had Korean subtitles. Yeah. So it was strictly based off of emotion and feeling, which in a way was good because, you know, it's, that, that's how you tell a story, like just off of feeling and emotion, you know, not not so much, like, exactly what's being said, but you know, just being aware of of body language and and stuff like that. So
0: I think we, that's also a testament to the film, right? You know, the film right. being like fifty years older or older. It was like from nineteen sixty six, and you know, they they lost the English subtitles. You know, right. it was it was a film. They said that would that they thought was lost to time. Right? Yeah. And then like somebody found like an old film reel of it in like Hong Kong. And they were like, Oh shit. Like this movie, it, it's like, it came back to life. Why? You know what I mean, like what they thought was once dead and gone in the abyss of time is it's now, it's been somewhat restored. There were some little pieces of English subtitle, but for the most part, it's like a testament to the film that you were still able to watch it as a as a visual piece, right? Like you said, the body language of the actor's performances, uh, the editing, that the way that the story is told from A to B, um, that's just so cool.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, so I just, we just kept watching it over and over trying to understand, you know, a little bit of what was going on. And from that, we, we knew we didn't want to overshadow the, uh, I don't want to say overshadow, but we didn't want to like, be too distracting with our music choices. But we also wanted it to be exciting and um, and complimentary. So we did a lot of digging, you know, within like Curtis Mayfield and um, Alex Alex uh Alex is his name Axel? Axelrod? Axelrod
0: something.
1: Forgetting <laughs> the name. But he does a lot of like covers um and so we just really wanted to focus on um good instrumental music that would be complementary to it also uh celebrating hip hop's 50th as well yep so you know we wanted to do a blend of of course hip hop music but of course music that is I don't know if the word is cinematic, but, you know, just complements the, the movie as well.
0: I, I would definitely say cinematic, you know, um, especially because a, a lot of the, a lot of the songs, I was jotting down, you know, what, what I could, what I could identify, what I could recognize, you know, me and my wife were like, oh yeah, there's that one song, or, you know, oh, I remember that song from this movie you know? And so it's cinematic in a sense because a lot of these songs um, have been like in movie soundtracks. Right. So, you know, they've been in blockbuster films or smaller films. And it, it is it is really awesome that, um you know, that night, you know, was like a, a double celebration of, you know, Korea's, you know, golden decade and this year being the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Um, And it's, and your event was in New York City. Like that's, right, yeah. that's so, that was so special, you know? And I think that's, that's definitely one of the reasons that inspired me to make the show was for that reason, you know, like you can only see something like that once or twice, you know, your night was just, you had two nights that you can do it. And it's like, and if you were there, then, then you got to experience that. And, um, and even if that was someone's, you know, only way to kind of celebrate, you know, the 50th anniversary of hip hop, like that, that is uniquely special, you know, Mm -hmm. because, um, because you and Larry chose to do something so experimental, and kind of like share and share the night, the platform.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, also while we were watching it, we, we we were like, oh, something popped into our minds, black, black exploitation era. So, mm-hmm. so a lot of our inspiration in terms of sound also came from that era of, of film, um, you know, just action. And- yeah a little bit of comedy because the movie, if, if you watch it, it's it's pretty comedic at times,
0: you know? -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, as of right now, I'm pretty sure, um, it's still like in the process of being restored for digital. So like, you know, for the people that saw it, you know, I think they've only screened it a few times, like in LA and New York, but like, if you've seen it, the only way you could see it right now is at those, um, at those, uh, screenings at at the cinema. Um, so eventually it will be, you know, more accessible to everyone once the restoration is finished. But um but yeah, like you said, like the the movie does kind of have like some camp to it, right? Cuz it's like 1960s, it's got like a a James Bond vibe to it. You know what I mean? So there's that that there's like that um cinematic, you know, espionage and you know, it's a it's you know, it's an adventure story and you know, there's there's high drama. You can feel kind of like like a telenovela sometimes. Like
1: no. it's like no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, so that's cool. So it sounds like you and Larry did like a, a lot of research, like into like what sort of direction you wanted to go in, you know, like by looking at quotation films and, you know, thinking about it like a, like a playlist in a sense, like, like what's going to be the, the the playlist that will complement the story.
1: And um, also like when we're working together, it's, fun. it's good because Larry's older than me. He, mm-hmm. not like really old, but he's older than <laughs> me,
0: So he has just like, he
1: has like a different set of, understand he has a different understanding of music because mm. him being older what he grew up around and i do as well yeah. so it's kind of like in a way like old school meets new school yeah like, i do have an old soul and i am versed because of things that he's taught me yeah. but it's also like i still have that like young youthful like edge mm-hmm. to it. it's like oh you know like this and he's like oh yeah man like i forgot about that era but that was your era <laughs> yeah so that's that's also a great aspect of the way that we're able
0: to work together. That's awesome, and you guys have like a like a mentorship and like a partnership. So like, um, would, this wasn't like your first time, you know, working together, but this was definitely like your first time doing something new, right? Yes. yes. Um, do you uh, had you ever seen any any type of live score before in the past? No. Okay. Had you ever heard like heard of it? No. That's cool. So like this was, so you kind of went into this with just like, this sounds like an experiment and an experience and we're just going to make it happen.
1: Yes. I, yes. It really was. I, yeah. I, I want to <laughs> say, I wish I did know about, about it before, but I didn't
0: so No, that, that I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that's really cool. Cause I mean, you, you could have just had a, a whole different presentation maybe if you had experience before or, or, or heard about it before. So that's, that's really cool. Um, is this, uh, is this something that you think the, the two of you would like to do more of in the future?
1: Yes, it's something that we want to do more of in the future, and I think it's something that we already just have a groove of doing, and it's just about, the, the only thing that's different is the setting, like, where, mm. where, it's, where it's happening, but we right. do this all the time, whether we're on the phone, talking about, you know, sh- talking about music, sharing music, or when we have sessions together and we're like, alright, let's let's put together if we're going to maybe do something here and this is the vibe that we're going for. So it's just, we're always like in the groove.
0: But, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Um, so you grew up in New York uh, your whole life. Um, how, how would you describe like what the the cinema scene has been like over the years? You know, like, um, like what's, what sort of, what sort of theaters did you go to growing up? Like what what, what, what were some of the landmarks for you that you had kind of had some memorable experiences at?
1: You know, it was interesting. I didn't really go to too many shows. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't go to too many theater shows. I, I went on like school trips, but my parents, my parents didn't really like take me to too many theater shows, and I didn't really go to too many when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But when I did go, I went um like my. I would go to the church. Like, I, I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and have like nice productions. Like my cousin is in in theater and we would go and watch him um, at these like huge productions. But aside from that, when I grew up going to school uh, at LaGuardia, I think that's when I was like really seeing a lot of theater shows like, and those productions are really good, Mm -hmm. really good for, you know, the age that they're at. Um, But growing up, I, I was more so just like watching movies like at home and yeah, that that was my experience. It, it hasn't been up until recently that I was like, "All right, you know, I really do enjoy film, and I'm working in television and film, and I want to become more versatile." So it hasn't mm-hmm. been up until recently that I started going to like Broadway shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about like the cinemas in New York? Like, um, were there any like landmark cinemas for you growing up? Or oh, like, oh yeah, God. yes. Let's Court, hear it.
1: Court Street in Brooklyn.
0: Mm. The United yeah. Artists.
1: Is it?
0: right the the, the u a court street uh right right there by uh by cobble Hill
1: yeah 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 okay. yeah, yeah, oh my goodness, if you guys don't know about court Street, that was iconic for me because it was just so lively mm-hmm. like every, like <laughs> we' go and see movies, and people were just always so animated in the theater, like it was just it was regular like people would be yelling. Yeah the at the at the screen and you know we would just go and check out the new movie and it was just really fun so i that was a iconic uh or memorable theater for myself
0: rest in peace of the court street cinema i I used to like going there too yeah when when that when that went under i I was real sad because if you wanted a specific audience to go see a movie with because you know sometimes you want to go see a movie you're excited about but you can't you can't just go to any any cinema right but like you like you know I, I, I want a specific guy. I want an audience. that's going to be alive? You yeah, know what I mean? so, so that the Court Street was was great for that.
1: Yeah, R.I.P. to the Court Street.
0: Brooklyn's but. got some some great cinemas, um, especially n- nowadays. We have like the Nighthawk Cinema. I yeah. don't know if you've ever been there yet, but um, that that that's a really good one. I I always recommend to people. I went um, to
1: um, another one. I went to go see The Harder They Fall um, mm. um, at this like small black owned theater,
0: Stuart and- Cinema. Yes. Yeah, in Greenpoint. Yeah. I've been wanting to go. Love. Um it's my... it,
1: it's so small. It's like two theaters. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love yeah. that. Um my uh my really good friend, uh, Christina, she actually did the uh, the artwork for um for the podcast mm. and uh the tattoo studio she works at sometimes is right above Stuart Cinema. So I, I, I got I gotta get out there. Um Ooh yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of good things and uh, and they get a lot of good press too like people are mm-hmm. always like interviewing them and stuff so i'm like i, I gotta hit them up um they, they seem like really good people and they're always putting on good shows oh so, also um, shout
1: out to bam i oh that's, yeah that's a pillar in, in my life as
0: well <laughs> oh yeah but bam's been around yeah way before my i mean like i said i've only been here for 10 years so like but bam's been here for a minute and um yeah, they, they, have, they have excellent programming. They, they put on good movies. They put on old classics. I love the classics that they play there. Yes. Um, do you ever find yourself seeing a, an older film? Like, you know, going to the movies to see like a classic film or, or something from um, the past?
1: I don't find myself going to find... I don't see myself at theaters looking at, watching old movies. Mm-hmm. I have a Tyrion channel. Mm. I watch like old movies and, you know, niche films on there. Yep. But I do need to branch out more and start going <laughs> to cinemas. I do still very much believe in going to the movie theater. Like I'm not, I'm not that person that always wants to just stay home and like watch movies from home. Like I do still very much enjoy going to a theater. But I just have to, um, I gotta like go and find some more shows to watch. But in the meantime, yeah. I'm usually on Friday because I like. Oh songs. yeah,
0: that's uh well. That's that's one of the better streaming platforms out there. That they, they always uh, they have great curation. You know the people behind the scenes that are, are, are picking. You know what we know, what, what we'd be interested in. They, they, they got the right it. right picks. Yeah, it's it's great.
1: I I really find some great things
0: on there. Yeah. Well, what what was something you've been watching recently? Um. Recently. What was the last one that that really made an impact on you?
1: I watched the night. Is it called the night of? I think we're known the writers in it. It's like a bunch of taxi cab drivers. All around
0: the world. Let me see that. The night of. Oh, that, that's wait. That that's oh, night on night on
1: Earth. What's it called?
0: Winona Ryder. Night on Earth, 1991. Yeah, never heard of this film.
1: That one is good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I like okay. that. One. I mean, I like the poster. There's a lot I of like characters, the...
1: a lot of it's, it's 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 really good. It's really. Oh.
0: Good. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. This, this is a a beloved director. So yeah, I feel like I would really enjoy this one. Yes. Check that that out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. So, uh, so outside of uh, doing this, you know, live DJ stuff and, and, you know, hopefully doing more of those screening events in the future. um, I noticed that you're, you're also doing um, move with love. This is a, this is the, it's the, the organization that you're the co-founder of. Is there anything you could tell us about that?
1: Yes, so I started skateboarding in middle school, but I didn't start learning tricks until high school mm-hmm. just because it was very intimidating with a lot of the guys that were around. There weren't really any girls. And I started, I, I met a bunch of girls in high school that I started skating with. Two of them I went to high school with, and then the rest just met around. Mm-hmm. And we all wanted to skateboard, so we started skating together. Formed a group called Skate Kitchen. The Skate Kitchen, and we went. We traveled around the whole world as a group, Wow. as, as a little boy band, you know, <laughs>
0: all
1: these sports, filming, yeah. that, um, screening our, our film because we had a film that we did. And I
0: love that film, by the way. That's, oh, I, I love that film. Yeah, great thank- movie. These bugs <laughs> are trying to get me.
1: Okay. Um, so yes, was doing Skate Kitchen it really started blowing up and reaching other parts of America and just mm-hmm. the world in general. And um, and then I wanted to just take it a step further, and I I really wanted to connect with people on a more intimate level. So I started doing these meetups because people would tell me, oh, I'm really you know nervous about skating, but I really want to do it. And this is – like people f- who – like editors from different publications to just like random – People on the street who have maybe seen the seen the movies or the shows. So um, I saw that okay, I need to make some more space, you know, for these people to feel comfortable in the sport. And that's why I started Move with Love. And so it ties in um, art, it ties in community, it ties in food. Hmm. So I'll do a skate session, and I'll bring supplies and arts and crafts. So if you don't want to skate, you can. Hmm. Draw on something if you want. To draw on some. I
0: love that for the introverts. You know, <laughs> yeah. if, that, if that was me, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, this sounds fun, and I'll go there and i will be like, no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not but gonna I, get on the skateboard I, in front of everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, actually, I'm not trying to do this today.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Say, yeah. So we got something for y'all too. Nice. <laughs> then, nice. Um, I I started doing the sessions, and then I would go to a local mom and pop restaurant because I'm a foodie. I love food. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, you're from New York, so you have to be, right?
1: (laughs) So many options. Mm. Just expose them to different mom and pop restaurants, vice versa. And yeah, so that 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 started. That's why I started Move With Love. And now I'm just focusing on scaling it and building it and partnering with different after school programs.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's um, that's awesome. And and I love some of the, the vlogs that you have up on the website, some of the, how you've been capturing uh, what the events, you know, you get a feel of like what, what the events are like. And I noticed you you even branch out in New York. You, you did one in L.A. too, right? Yes,
1: I did one in L.A. The next one I'm going to be doing is in Miami. So definitely trying to branch out. Um, yeah. Just like how I was doing, you know, with the girls.
0: hmm It makes it... Yeah. Be- Yeah, so it almost sounds like a like a spiritual like succession to where it all started with Skate Kitchen. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: I love that. Yeah, you know, so it's like this is like the trilogy in a sense. You know, we got Skate Kitchen the film, we've got Betty the series, and now we have now we have this. Um, That that's that's amazing, and um, yeah, you know, and when when it comes to Skate Kitchen, I, I was just just telling my wife the other day. I, she was asking me or, or my friend was asking me like, you know, like, what, what type of movies do you like? Like, what, like, what's your thing? And I was like, I don't know. I kind of like all of them. And and then I sat on it and, and I watched Skate Kitchen and you know, my wife was like, Oh my gosh, like, I know you're going to love this movie. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, like this, 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 this is my kind of movie because I, I love movies that are, are that are like uh, love letters to a city. And oh, okay. you know what I mean? M- m- yeah. That's like a very specific niche. type of movie right movies that are a love letter to a city and not only that but like a love letter to like that city's people culture you know what i mean and um and stuff like betty and skate kitchen like you know this is why i've been living in in new york for 10 years it's like wow you know like you're from you're from la though it's like yeah yeah la is i love la my family's there and all that i love it but um i fell in love with new york specifically for the people you know it's the people of new york that I, I think is what's kept me here for so long and and a movie like skate kitchen is that is the best way i can kind of articulate you know an answer to that question like like why do you why do you love new york or like why are you still in here it's like oh watch this movie and that that's why because like this is just like a piece of that answer you know it really captures all of that in one absolutely
1: i love
0: that <laughs> but um I'm so yeah. glad
1: you're, here. you're still here
0: yeah still here yeah, you know, I, I can handle the winters, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, that's really dope, though. Um, yeah. So, man, that that was great, Uh Dee Dee, Thanks so much. Uh, I really, I really appreciate you know, give you giving me your time, and and this conversation was so fantastic. Like I said, like I, I loved seeing Special Agent X Seven, you know, uh, with w- with your live DJ set, uh, <laughs> for uh, for Subway Cinema at, at the Film at Lincoln Center. Um, that was just a, a really special experience and it's something that I'm always trying to chase after. you know what I mean like th- th- those are the events of the movies that I'm, I'm really looking for and, and right. what you and Larry did there for, for that um, I thought was really special and, and I really wanted to highlight that on, on the show uh, and kind of um, and let people know you know th- this is what you guys are doing and, uh, and hopefully we see more of it in the future. I think um, I think you, you could do some re- some really amazing stuff um, for repertory cinema you know in, in the city. So Thank yeah. You
1: so much for that. I, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it, that it made you feel something, that you got to experience something different. That's that's why I do it. That's why I love to hear So I appreciate you coming out, showing love, enjoying yourself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Didi, and um, I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.
1: I hope
0: you have a great day, too. Happy holidays. And that was Didi Loveless big thanks again for having her on my show and also big shouts to Larry Love who just texted with me for weeks to schedule that recording session. If you want to have the experience that I had with Didi and Larry and their live DJ score for Special Agent X7, simply write to your congressman. You know, go to Subway Cinema, film at Lincoln Center or Didi's Instagram, uh, comment or or write to them and, and, and let them know that you want more screenings like that. You want another live DJ score because I think they're just as curious as you might be too. All right. So I want to remind listeners that there is an exciting film series running right now at Japan society for just a little while longer. And it's called Taisho Roman fever dreams of the great rectitude. So I brought this up back in episode three, when I got to interview Alexander fee, uh, he's the pro- he's the film programmer behind that series. And I'll be back next Friday with my reaction to the film series, Taisho Roman. I'm going to be checking it out today and tomorrow at Japan society. Uh, And I'm also going to have a special guest with me too. So look forward to that. So after next week's episode, I'm going into end of year hibernation. Uh, Then the show will return on Friday, January 5th. So until then, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.